Hello, and welcome to the Terralex Insights Podcast, where our goal is to present multicultural perspectives by leading professionals. These perspectives on contemporary issues will help lawyers and business people work better together. I'm your host, Terry Pepper Gavlik, Terralex's Chief Executive Officer. And today I'm very happy to be speaking with Ron Hecht, who is the Senior Director of Ticket Sales for F1 Miami Grand Prix, and also a family member of mine. Uh, but I am really excited to have Ron on the show because, as I told Ron, I uh, was at a conference recently with a lot of lawyers from around the world and other folks, and somehow Formula One Grand Prix came up. And other than me, everyone at that table had so much excitement and a connection to it. And I don't mean that I wasn't excited. It's just, I didn't know a lot about it, but um, I found out a little bit in talking to Ron and I thought it'd be really interesting for our listeners, especially right now when a lot of our law firms are thinking about meaningful ESG or environmental employee um, social and governance connections to their community. And I think what F1 Miami Grand Prix is doing is pretty impressive. So we'll hear more about that, but welcome to the podcast, Ron. Thanks. Happy to be here. Thank you. So um, this is a massive endeavor to bring to a city. And um, maybe just take us a little bit through how it came to be. Did we bid on it like the Super Bowl or the Olympics? Or you know, what was the process and how long has that been going on? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a while. We, um, I think F1's been trying to uh, expand globally for a while now. And um, the goal was for F1 is to build uh, the race out in downtown Miami. So there's been years and years of trying to get that done, but the race is so big that it does shut down streets for a few weeks. You have to repair a lot of roads. There's, you've got to talk about the traffic coming in and out of the race. So a lot of the logistics don't work for a, a downtown city anymore. Um, so then a few years ago, um, you know, our CEO and, and F1 started looking at, can you do it on site at Hard Rock Stadium? can that work? So uh, there's a lot of discussion there. And, you know, there's a lot of rumors of a pro con list. There's a, there's a lot of things that they went through to make this work logistically. Can it work? Can we build a racetrack on a property around a, a, you know, a, a big stadium? So um, that came about obviously a few years in the making. And then obviously with COVID happening, it kind of slowed down the talks. And then as of, you know, officially last April, uh, they did make the announcement that uh, we were awarded um, this race. So, and uh, interestingly, we just moved to new office space at Terralex, and it's very near <laughs> where the F1 Grand Prix track is going to be. Um, for people that maybe aren't familiar with South Florida, it's in it's um, not in downtown Miami, as Ron mentioned, but it's a little bit more north of the city. And Hard Rock is our big stadium where our professional football team plays. And that's American football, not soccer, <laughs> as we like to call it. Um, but just for listeners that are like me that are sort of novices to F1 Grand Prix, is this, it's a one-time event per year or every few years? How does that work? Yeah, it's a good question. So there's there's now 22 to 23 races around the world that are put on. So we um, we've added to that. So uh, just to give you an idea of the, the scale of, of each race, right? So um, there's about 90 million people that watch a Super Bowl every year. And there's about 90 plus million people that watch each F1 race. And there's 22, 23 of them. So the eyeballs alone, each race is a Super Bowl in, every, in each city that it goes to. So the eyeballs alone 
um, equates to a Super Bowl in the state. So whether you're international or uh, more uh, in, in the states here, um, the pinnacle is the Super Bowl, but there's 22 of these super type events around the world uh, during each race season. So it's, it's pretty big and you know, we're seeing the impact here locally with hotels and, and tourism and whatnot. So um, it's been fun for us to kind of watch all that unfold here as well. And I assume people have to qualify, but there's a circuit and the same racers are qualifying around the world to be in these different events, or can they only be in one? How does that work? You're talking about like the, the race car drivers? The race car drivers, sure. Yeah, so there's, there's call it 10 teams that, that have cars, and each team has two drivers. Um, you know, I'm still new to F1. So, you know, there's <laughs> these guys prepare their whole life to make it to F1 because it is the pinnacle of racing. So, um, there's, there's 20 drivers each race. Usually there's all the same 20 for every race and there's a point system. So depending on where you finish that race, you get a certain amount of points. And at the end of the season, the person that has the most points takes home the championship as far as, uh, uh, F1. So this past season, the two racers, uh, Lewis Hamilton and Verstappen, were tied in points. That means for all 22 races, they were equal, and it came down to the final lap of the final race, uh, which um, I'm sure a lot of your listeners watch that and know about it. But it, you know, some say it was controversial or not, but it was it was really fun and exciting finish for for F1. Hmm. And when will our first race be? In Miami. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's May 6th through 8th. So it's a uh, Every race is a, is a three-day event. Uh, there's practice on Friday, qualifying on, on Saturday, then the actual race on Sunday. So on Friday is the first time any racer can get on their car and test out the track. And then Saturday um, is called qualifying, where they, they race around the track for time. And the best time gets you puts you in the starting line as far as for Sunday. So depending on the best time, that's where you start. So if you have the best time on Saturday, you start first on, on Sunday for the actual race hmm. and pole positioning matters in F1. Uh, and that changes up your whole trajectory of how you race is where you start. Oh, interesting. And so I know there's a lot of infrastructure and you mentioned there's an impact on things like traffic and which by the way, I'm out of town the weekend of F1. So on the one hand, I'm the other hand, it yeah. is, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not disappointed that I won't be subject <laughs> to the traffic. Cause I also live near the, near where the track is, but um, there's, so there's all these impacts. I'm sure it brings uh, tourism in and, and impacts the obvious things like hotels and whatnot. But I, I know a little bit from our conversations that um, F1 Miami Grand Prix has had a really positive impact on the community in some other ways. Would you tell us a little bit about that? And for our listeners that are um, under know about ESG and are looking for meaningful uh, examples of it, I, I found yeah. this to be really corporate responsibility at its finest. So maybe share a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it's going to touch a lot of areas, especially in Miami Gardens, but it's going to touch on minority-owned businesses, uh, education, uh, actually employment, and then a lot of experiences. So when, when COVID started, we partnered with a lot of local Miami um, restaurants and provided, you know, a thousand meals per day wow. uh, to the local community. So that sort of started the partnership with a lot of these restaurants. Um, and now I think we're going to have close to 10 plus minority-owned restaurants on campus for the race weekend. And for a lot of those businesses, you're talking about a foot traffic of 60, 70, 80,000 wow. people walking past your, your, whatever, whatever food stand you have for that weekend. So, um, for us, it's, it's giving back to the community. And I think we've, um, during COVID, I think we spent over 
$1.5 million um, buying these meals and giving out to the community. So that was, that's, that's amazing. Fun. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was really big for the community. And, you know, as a, as employees, we all volunteer to give out food each and every day. So that was, that was really fun. And then as far as education, we're really diving into like STEM and, and, um, and the engineering part. So we've partnered with a lot of schools to provide, um, you know, a lot of, uh, to basically promote careers in innovation, careers in technology, you know, uh, a lot of these young kids will hopefully go on and to bigger, bigger and better things. But maybe there's one or two that wants to become a, an engineer for a race team, right? So uh, that's the goal for for us in education. And then um, there's because of the scale of this, there's so much employment opportunities just on race weekend. Uh, so that's uh, that'll, that'll be big for us. And then. I think we're donating 500 plus tickets to the community for, for every day of during the race. So um, Fantastic. there should be a lot involved here. And I think we're, there's a lot of school as far as internships to get involved. So um, that's really a huge impact in, in, um, in Miami gardens here. And that's every year going forward. And it's, it's not um, infinite, but it's for at least the next decade, right? Yeah. It's a 10 year deal with F1. So, you know, at the very minimum it's 10 years. If, Hopefully we go beyond that, but at the bare minimum, it's, it's 10 years here. That's really fascinating. And um, on the race weekend, it does sound like there'll be a lot of excitement and a lot of opportunities. Is it broadcast? It's, I assume it's broadcast all over the world. So that'll also put a lot of eyes on Miami. Yeah, it is. Every race is, uh, in the States is broadcast on ESPN um, because of where the race is, whether it's in Miami or in a different country. Um you know, for us, we're waking up uh, for all the F1 fans they are waking up at six, seven, eight a.m. Just to turn on TV to watch a race in, in a different country. And, um, you know, for for the opposite effect, now that the race is here, the race will be at night in, in other countries that are, are watching. So locally, it's on ESPN. ESPN has the broadcast rights uh, for F1 in the States. So uh, every race is broadcast on ESPN uh, Sunday mornings. Hmm, fascinating. And um I assume that it's a pretty hot ticket. And uh, so I'm sure not everyone who wants to go can, they can just watch it on TV, but can people, will there be other ancillary kinds of events in connection with it besides the races themselves? Are there any kinds of, I don't know, parades or parties or things like that, that people? Yeah. Know? I mean, yes, there is. Uh, this is uh, it's for anybody that was in Miami during the Super Bowl, there's a week of parties and activities. So uh, I imagine downtown Miami will be active, Fort Lauderdale will be active, but there's so many parties that are going to be happening. So yes, there'll be the track events, but um, before the race, after the race, there's going to be so much going on around, around South Florida um, because of the international draw. So many people fly in for this event and, um, you know, it's, uh, it'll be fun to watch, you know, downtown Miami, you know, kind of color coordinated with whatever racer is in there. So, uh, you know, Max Verstappen is a huge, uh, has a huge following with the Netherlands and his color is orange. So um, it's sort of like college football in the South, you know, you, you see towns painted in the color of their, or their driver. Well, and our members are from all over the world. We'll have to get them to tell us who they think we should be cheering on uh, as the local connection to those yeah. members since our office and is our headquarters our, our worldwide headquarters are just down the street, actually. And I, I've seen the constructions as I travel to and from yeah. work every day. So, and um, just be interesting a little bit. Um, to, what, what is your role? So you, you, besides, I know you've just been involved from the get-go and I'm sure it's yeah. probably all hands on deck, but you have a specific role also that you lead up, right? Yeah, we, 
there's let's call it an eighty call it an eighty thousand person race. Uh, so I help coordinate um, the ticket sales for for the event. And uh, the fun part is, you know, the demand for this race is the exceeded the amount of tickets that we have. Mm-hmm. So uh, for us, it's been a you know it's it's a bit of a challenge sometimes because some people aren't going to be able to get tickets, but. Uh, so I help with with the ticket sales, coordinating, especially the hospitality side. Um, you know, there's going to be the normal seating where you're in grandstands, but we're actually building out structures where uh, you can have companies can have a suite of 20 to 30 people. So um, because of the international draw for this event, there's a lot of international companies uh, that want to entertain here and fly their clients in town and whatnot. So um, that is my specific role is to um to make sure everybody has a ticket and everybody obviously spends uh, their money on tickets here for the race and generate revenue that way. Sounds fun. Well, um, we're recording this just for reference on January 14th, 2022. Um, I saw a very promising headline today in the Wall Street Journal that in the earliest peak locations in the U.S. for Omicron variant of COVID, they're starting to see a decline. So Our fondest hope is we're out of it way before May when the race takes place. And then we have a meeting after that in Oslo, Norway in June. But are there contingency plans if we're not out of the pandemic as much? Yeah, I mean, there there always is. But for the most part, um, you know, if you look around the world, most football stadiums are full this year. We have the benefit of being an outdoor event. Uh, So there are contingencies. But for the most part, you know, I guess we could be lucky that we're in Florida, but, um, you know, we've had full stadiums for the dolphins here and, you know, we feel like it's going to be a full, full event. We have, um, you know, we are outside, so nothing really happens inside. So that's, that's on our side as well. My fervent hope for you and for us is that it's a non, non issue by May. And, uh, you know, as long as we don't get another variant, it looks like we're starting to head in the right direction. Finally, a little good news for everybody. Well, great. Anything else you think that we should know about um, F1 Miami Grand Prix as we start to get excited about it down here? And, and I know some of our members around the world have had the luxury or the um, the opportunity to participate in it before. And, you know, they're all excited when they yeah. as they tell me. Um, I mean, yeah, I would say that, you know, for a lot, there's 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 two types of people I talk to. There's people that don't follow F1 and then there's the there's the diehard fans and then there's the people that have watched Drive to, to Survive over the past three or four years. It's a show on Netflix. So uh, for anybody listening that uh, kind of wants to look at the learn more about F1, learn more about the racers, Drive to Survive is a, is a great show on Netflix to watch. I think they're in just completed season three and the new season uh, comes out in March, which recaps this past season. But um, you know, we've seen an influx of people that have just became fans of, of F1 um, three years ago, you know, so and then COVID happened and everybody was watching Netflix and that was the, the great show. So I would say for anybody that wants to learn a little bit more, um, attach themselves to a driver and, their, and learn their personalities, definitely watch that show because you learn more of the human side of racing. You learn about the, the team behind the team. You see the cars racing, but um, there's a lot more to it. Each car is 30 plus million dollars to build. Wow. A lot of the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the technology and and the cars you drive comes from the, the R and D from building out these cars. So um, it's really, really fascinating stuff. And uh, I think F1 now is now the fastest growing sport in the U S. So uh, the goal is hopefully have a, have a U S born driver in F1 very, very soon. 
Oh, because they're not, there's not any. There's not many. In, yeah, there's not many. Uh, South America, Europe, um, there's a lot of drivers. Um, but in the U.S., uh, there's not many. So hopefully, hopefully one day we have that in, in the near future. Well, you know, it's, I mentioned at the top of the broadcast that I was at that table and everyone had some connection and there were definitely people from all over the world, including from the U.S., and yesterday I was on in another meeting and someone, um, we were, people were going around and saying what their interests are. And someone talked about F1. And I, so I don't know if it's just because you're involved in it now and it's check, you know, it's checking the box in my ear when I hear someone talk about it, or there just seems to be a real growing excitement, but, um, thank you for the tip about drive to survive. I've, I'm going to add it to my watch list right away. So I know what's going on in May. <laughs> Definitely do. It's a great show. Started season one and, um, yeah, I think it's three seasons so far. Oh, great. So we've been talking to Ron Hecht of F1 Miami Grand Prix. I'm starting to now to get all excited about it and uh, we'll pay more attention as I'm driving by my way to work on the days that I go into the office, but it does sound like it's a real, um, boon to our neighbor, to our community and to the city to have it here. And, um, is it built? Is it completely built by the way? Is it done already? <laughs> Uh, that's a very good question. So uh, I, I know we didn't talk about this, but we host the Miami Dolphins, which is the NFL team here. So a lot of the construction had to go Monday through Saturday, pause. And then there's a lot of logistics where we have to park cars here for, for NFL games. So um, it is not 100% completed. We are now on probably the home stretch here the next uh, four months to get this built. And we host the Miami Open, which is a major tennis tournament here on a campus. So uh, there's a lot of construction happening um, right outside my doors here for the next five months as we build this thing out. Well, the good news is you won't have any snow delays here in South Florida. So <laughs> you yeah, can, it's, exactly. it should be smooth, smooth uh, driving. You I was going to say smooth yeah. sailing, but it's driving. So why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Terralex Insights podcast. And we'll all uh, keep our eyes open and wait for that first race. I'll have to watch it from afar because I will be out of town, but looking forward to it. Thank you very much, Ron. Thank you.